Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. And before we dive into everything IndyCar from Iowa this weekend, let's give our well wishes to Joseph Newgarden. By the time you guys are listening on Thursday, we should know any minute if he will be racing this weekend or not. We'll get to that more in a little bit, but just, you know, kind of a a scary thing unfolding there Sunday after his accident and whatnot. So yeah, we just want to start with that. But again, thank you to our friends at Java house for continuing to sponsor cold brew and cold brew concentrate different than regular coffee. The coffee beans are actually soaked in cold water for 12 to 24 hours, which provides less bitterness, more caffeine and a smoother taste. The, they have uh, three locations in Indy, downtown, Broad Ripple, and Carmel. Uh, but if you go online, javahouse.com, use co- promo code PITLANE10, get 10% off. It's delicious, hot or cold. They have K-cups that you can put in your Keurig, uh, and, and you can have that as hot coffee. You can have it as iced coffee. And, uh, yes, it's delightful. I have one every morning now because I have plenty of those K-cups in above my fridge so highly recommended but there's not we don't have news to get to this week we're going to keep this strictly iowa review and discuss the 840th race at the indy road course that is coming up this weekend in the last i've never been to one it's gonna be my first one that i attended in person i'm so sorry i'm just like ugh. and I, I i love being i love being at ims it's just this race like there's there's not much you can preview because there's yeah, we'll 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 discuss it later. But nonetheless, two races in Iowa. Let's give a shout out to High V and in, the people at IndyCar who helped promote this. I believe I I don't want to get their names wrong, but there's a couple people within IndyCar marketing who worked a lot of hours last week in Iowa getting everything ready. And I saw a few of them kind of running around around the concert times and whatnot. So you know, have to give props to IndyCar for doing a hell of a job in this but you know this doesn't happen without a great partner like hy iowa looked better than it ever has you know a couple years ago kind of looked a little bit run down when i was there it looked great with the suites there's a lot of stuff that was repainted and, and whatnot so you know they they did a killer job with the convenience stores that were in the track i didn't i didn't actually have time to check one out because i didn't want to walk under the tunnel back out the track because it was you know 840 degrees so i was trying to like limit my my energy use but yeah so you know friday practice was was pretty uneventful thankfully the qualifying was was pretty fun saturday was it saturday morning yeah so saturday race one it is approaching nearly 100 degrees ambient with track temperatures i think they were like 130 at the start of the race it did drop a little bit a little bit as the wind picked up the ambient temperature was actually rising the entire race so it was it was it was hot i went through three gatorades on pit lane during the race just to kind of like hydrate as much as possible but let's see sweating like the color of your gatorade like in those commercials (laughs) no unfortunately gatorade commercials are are inaccurate and that is not how you sweat but that'd be kind of you know i'd be pretty concerned if i if i was if i was sweating the color of my Gatorade, but like a fluorescent blue or something. <laughs> <laughs> the blue Gatorade is my favorite. Oh, I know. 
but let's see, where do we start here? It was a very good race. Traffic was uh, a factor probably about 15 laps in. Let me pull up. You know, Joseph Newgarden led all but probably two laps or something insane. I think he led 200 out of 250. You know, he, pure pure domination. But the podium was Joseph Newgarden, Pato Award, Will Power after Power got both of the pole positions for Saturday and Sunday. Shout out to Renis VK for finishing fourth. Grosjean with the top ten finishing seventh. And the Ray Hall guys had a good day. Ninth and tenth. Ray Hall and Lungard. Check check Harvey. Not so much. Didn't Powers Poles tie him with Mario for all time, or he's still one away? Still one away. For to okay, to tie him and then he will probably surpass him at some point. Now, granted, I don't count this, but Oh, I, for, I forgot he wanted to call in this week. Our friend Faux Will Power uh, says he should be tied now because of 2008 at Surfer's Paradise, which was an exhibition race. Ah. But we don't we don't count that. And so kind of the yeah, the, the traffic was the name of the game this weekend. And, and you know, once that early caution happened when Jimmy Johnson spun for putting his tires down below the, the yellow lines there, and saved it saved it i mean that's listen he might spin a lot but the dude doesn't wreck a lot outside of the 500 but he was epic this weekend especially in that first race his passes up high saturday he dominated the high line and nobody could stop him sunday people were like oh you're gonna go high i'm just gonna stick two wheels up a little bit higher so you can't get by me but i mean he still was one of the best drivers this weekend he led 19 laps on saturday Let's talk about the disappointments of the day before we kind of disappointments of Saturday before we talk about the good of Saturday. Simon Pagano, yeah, I was going to say Meyer Shank, a huge disappointment on Saturday. Meyer Shank, a dreadful day, a dreadful weekend, really. Our buddy Kyle Kirkwood, yeah. Kyle Kirkwood had a good Saturday. Saturday, did he? Oh yeah, sorry, it was Sunday. I got it mixed up. You jerk. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Foy to kick you in the shins this weekend not aj no. not aj the pr no because aj Foyt wouldn't just kick you in the shins he'd probably yeah. maul me <laughs> yeah he would you're like herda, 87 years old colton herda had a rough saturday had to change steering wheels at one point ed carpenter crashed early felix crashed relatively early as well but i think the most impressive thing saturday was and and maybe all weekend was Ganassi, who didn't necessarily qualify all that well. Dixon finished fifth, Pelot finished sixth, Erickson finished eighth, and Jimmy finished eleventh on Saturday. So, and what was encouraging as a whole was there were two or three lines the entire race on Saturday, even though it was super hot. What did you see from watching from home? Uh, I thought that this race was one of the best we've had all year. Honestly, definitely like just the racing action. I love the short track stuff at Iowa. I want them to go to Richmond so badly. And obviously that's because I'm in Virginia. I mean, it's not as short of a short track, but I I think Hy-Vee has shown. And I think Bomberito Automotive Group at Gateway. I think those two sponsors have shown how you pull off an oval event and how you get people to come out you know, two oval events, which tend to have lower um, attendance rates than road courses. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the atmosphere all weekend was electric. Both of the Saturday concerts I did not walk out to is Tim McGraw and then 
Florida Georgia line who apparently like walked right by me pre-race and I, I couldn't even tell you what they looked like but nonetheless the there was a ton of people out there watching both of those Saturday shows it was so loud the media center building was like actually shaking which was very difficult to work but at the same time like it was really it was really cool to see how many people were there like for the concert and you know stayed for the race and and you know came to the race to go to the concert afterwards and whatnot and everybody seemed like they're having a good time i tried to walk around as much as possible and and check out the concert goers as they were coming and going so that was really cool to see there was the infield was packed on saturday and sunday so yeah i think that's kind of it from saturday sunday's race i don't know how you feel about it but i think in general was a little less exciting than saturday and you know that's kind of how it goes with these double headers it feels like whether it's indycar or f1 there's always one that's like damn good and there's one where you're like expecting it to be damn good because the other one was, and it just doesn't quite hold up its end of the bargain. And that's okay. It was still an amazing crowd, (coughs) but you know, the racing itself, you know, guys, there was just traffic everywhere, which that part was exciting, but the field was pretty spread out for three quarters of the race. At at least (laughs) didn't Will and Joseph lap the whole field at a certain point. They were, they were up to, it was insane. Four, I think there were four cars left on the lead lap when the first caution came out, which I can't remember. Why did the first caution come out? Hold on. Let me pull up my... Was that the Kirkwood incident I was referencing? Yes, that was the Kirkwood incident okay. you, were, you were referencing. So, yeah, that was the Kirkwood. He spun in turn two. He looked totally dejected. They went three wide at some... Who was... It was Devlin... And Joseph, I think, and then like Joseph was lapping Devlin, and they went three wide. Yeah. yeah. So an unfortunate end after Foyt had a good Saturday with Kirkwood in fifteenth, and I think Kellett finished twentieth on Saturday. So he kept the car clean. So yeah, you know, good on good on them for Saturday, and unfortunate Sunday as you know Kellett accidentally struck a crew member coming in for his last pit stop think the car was stuck in gear and he, he couldn't get it down into neutral so thankfully that crew member didn't actually break a bone which we were concerned about just had a nasty laceration so i know he will miss at least a couple races so but he is on his way back to indiana i know one of their other crew guys was driving him home so well wishes to him as well the only other thing then was new gardens accident on lap 235 caution led went to 248 I think something broke on the car on the rear. I think somebody said it was a wishbone on the right rear. Don't quote me on that one, but I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. So there was a debate in the booth about whether it was like the floor hitting some some way that basically took one of the wheels off the ground. It was, it's really hard to tell on the replay. Yes. New garden ended up leading 148 out of the 300 laps anyway. So, you know, again, adding to his, Iowa domination. We'll touch on New Garden again in a little bit. So that was that really spiced up the field a little bit, ending up with Pato Award winning race two. The two previous doubleheaders he's won in, he has also won race two. Yes. So I don't know what to make of that, but if you're betting on Pato, wait to bet until race two in a doubleheader. Will Power with another podium in second. McLaughlin rebounded after having an unfortunate 
wheel coming loose on Saturday, finishing third on Sunday. Jimmy Johnson with his best career IndyCar finish with a top five. Awesome there. And our buddy and co-host David Malukas, shout out his career best finish in eighth. I really think he could have been fifth or sixth if not for an unfortunate pit stop early maybe midway through the the race there they they took a little bit of i think it might have been the the kirkwood incident they had a a tire seemed to struggle getting on the car he's now four points behind christian lungard for the rookie battle of the year so it's it's pretty awesome that makes me happy yeah we try to be unbiased but you know when it's our co-host we can't really be yeah it's fine alex below kind of disappointing in 13th alexander rossi with an absolutely miserable day down in 18th. And he only finished 18th because of the couple guys who, like, Lungard dropped out with a mechanical issue. You know, Newgarden Kirkwood dropped out. Simon spent a lot of time on pit lane because he had <laughs> he no radio. He was 23rd and 23rd. That's nuts. Yeah, he had a miserable weekend. And I know Sunday was kind of unfortunate. Part of it was unfortunate because he had no radio in the first part of the race. Like his yeah, spot, he couldn't he got hear black flag for it, right? Yeah, he got black flagged, so... It is what it is. It's you know he he went six laps down at that point, but he also showed no pace. Like that, that he had no pace all weekend. Well, Elliot only finished twenty first in the second race, so yes. it, it's not like he was far off from his teammate. Correct. And Connor who Daly, yeah, that sucks. Connor Daly, <laughs> who qualified amazingly on Saturday, in, yeah, dreadful both races. I I don't know what that was. A lot of talk on the radio of tire wear being a major issue just couldn't get you know just get the tires to come in right and they're falling off too quick so who knows i think that's that's it and then we'll we'll touch on new garden here in a quick second since since we forgot at the end of the formula one episode that we already recorded that everybody will listening to tomorrow let's recap the recap the predictions now okay so for our race one predictions um you destroyed me and mr malukas actually it's like one of the best average finishes ever you picked a ward who finished second in the first race new garden who finished first and then you picked lungard who was 10th so your average finish there was 4.3 hell yeah and then it was me in second place with mclaughlin who finished 22nd, Elio 16th, and Ray Hall 9th for a 15.6. That's how oh. far down I was on oh. you. And then, unfortunately, David picked Will Power, who finished 3rd, but then he had Rosenquist, who was 26th, and Sato, who finished 21st, so he was a 16.6. Before we get to race 2 recaps there, it was after qualifying, I think it was after qualifying, that David came up to Hickey and I and said, I've got you on predictions. Look how good my predictions qualified. So I just want to—I don't mean to throw some shade at our co-host, who's much more important than either of us ever will be. <laughs> but I just want to say we we got this one in the bag, well, especially me, Frenchie. Not well so for much. race one. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. But for race two, unfortunately, well, we were a lot closer. The spread yeah. was really close for race two. So race two, he won. Our buddy David. Uh, he picked Will Power, who finished second. Dixon, who finished fourth. And Daly, who finished 16th for 7.3 average finish. Then comes you, who picked McLaughlin, 3rd, Herda, 12th, and Malukas, 8th, okay. with a 7.6. And then I brought up the rear with Award. I picked the winner. Erickson, 
who finished sixth, and then Ed Carpenter dragging me down for an average finish of eighth, of eight. So, is it time to say that Ed Carpenter should probably just focus on the Indy 500? I would argue yes, because that was a dismal weekend, and I expect him to do better than that. And I think he probably has higher expectations for himself than how he performed this weekend. Yeah, I agree. It was unfortunate that team outside of VK's fourth on Saturday didn't really have too much of anything this weekend. Uh, let's see. All right, let's talk about Joseph Newgarden. Uh, he you know, had a fainting incident where he hit his head and had a uh, had an abrasion as dr jeffrey billow said got taken to the hospital in des moines for observation some scans again for those who missed it on twitter the only reason he was taken via helicopter was because they took him to mercy one in des moines which is a 45 minute drive and there was a ton of traffic getting out of the race whether even if you didn't stay for the concert so yeah let's just make that very clear Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the checkered flag. ...up front, just, just so nobody forgets, but all the scans came back okay, which doesn't mean everything because concussions don't necessarily show up on scans don't know how he's feeling otherwise you know it's only tuesday night and we won't i guarantee you we won't hear anything from the new garden camp until after the test on thursday but the replacement that is kind of waiting in in the wings and who will be in indy anyway is yeah Santino Ferrucci. So Santino right now is slated to race in the Xfinity race Saturday, which is right after the IndyCar race, but has told Tim Sendrick if Joseph is unable to go, 
I am going to forego the Xfinity race and do the IndyCar race. So that's uh, that. That alone is is pretty cool. That and also you know shout out to I think his team is Sam Hunt Racing who yeah has been very seems to be very understanding in this whole situation. They put out a statement uh, yesterday on on Monday, kind of saying like, hey, we hope Joseph feels better. We're aware of the situation, and you know we'll we're we're happy for. I don't think this we're happy for Santino, but you know we understand Santino's position here, and we'll it's it's fine and. Uh, double shout out to Dryan Reinbold, who is giving Penske his seat, giving Penske his seatbelt. I think some other kind of in-car padding and and whatnot, so that it's a little bit less work on Penske come Thursday if they need to put Santino in the car. But I'm not going to speculate and try to speculate on what we think will happen. Let's just hope for the best and hope that he's if he's not healthy on Thursday that. He can race in his home race in Nashville next week. Yeah, I'm really hoping it was just like heat or sure. maybe sort of adrenaline coming down that caused this rather than concussion because that would be like the best case scenario in this bad circumstances. Sure. Sure. So hopefully that's what it is, and we'll see him back in the car this weekend. Yeah. So let's see here. Is there anything else from Iowa? Shout out to Kevin Dijewski for driving with me for seven hours each way and taking little more than half the drive on the way back which was nice fun fact there's a dirt road between our hotel and the track it's like five or six miles but it literally spits you out right at the track it's like the last five or six miles of the half hour drive so it's like all right my car was disgusting kevin said to me i think it was after sat we drove into the track saturday he said i think you just hit a bird man I'm like, nah, I didn't, I didn't hit a bird. I'm like, but I'm like, maybe I did. I don't know. Kevin said I did. He's smart. He's smarter than I am. So, and he's observing. He's just sitting there while I'm, you know, wheeling it around this dirt road. But I did get home. Yes. Was it yesterday? Yeah. When I was going to run some errands yesterday, there was definitely a piece of bird stuck in my car. Where'd you hit the bird? Like where did it? Right in the grill. Make contact. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I went straight to the car wash and. Sorry to the bird community for doing some damage. How did he... He saw it, I guess? I, I guess, yeah. Or we'll, felt it. You'll have it. to ask him on, on Friday when, when you're... When we're at the track, but... Yeah, I, I've never done that before, and, and I feel I feel like a little bad, because I don't want to hit any animal with my car, but... Yeah. It's pretty hard to hit a bird. Yeah, I don't know how that would happen. Maybe it was on the ground and tried to take off, and it took off right into your grill, basically. <laughs> oh, that's mean. We're laughing. I, I, I'm not, it's just like laughing at the irony or like the kind of low chance circumstances that would have to happen for, for what happened to occur. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't start off the episode with a non-racing racing question on purpose. Cause I wanted to take a minute break before we discuss the, I don't know, whatever they're called, the Gallagher Grand Prix this weekend. And, and this is after having lunch with Steve Wittick and Jack Benyon earlier today so everybody talks about like famous places you know kind of hole in the wall places that they you know when you visit their town you have to eat like today i went to working man's friend in indy for the first time and had an amazing cheeseburger it was awesome is there a is that pla- one of robin miller's favorites it's one of robin miller's favorites yeah I'd never yeah. been there before until this weekend or until earlier today so uh, first off thanks for the invite from people who are far more important than i am 
but also had never been there before. Always talk about like going there. I still haven't been to Mug and Bun. I guess that's the other kind of local one I, I haven't yet gotten to. But is there any place like in, in your neck of the woods that's like local, famous that you've never been to? Or that you have been to and you need think people need to go to when they are in the DC area? Yeah, so DC's got a lot of that actually. Um there's a barbecue place that I really need to go visit that I think is called I'm trying to remember what it's called. I might have to look it up because it's a place that everybody says I need to go, but I haven't made it out there. Because it's just literally I think you walk up to a counter and eat there. Like it's really a small kind of hole in the wall place. But let me find it because it's been recommended. I think they actually featured it back when uh what was that show on Netflix? The one about the president. House of Cards. I think it was actually oh, featured on House of Cards. Is it the one oh yeah. Is it the one oh, it was Fre- it was Freddy's barbecue, but I don't even know if it still exists. Do you so let let's talk quick House of Cards. That season that first season of that show was awesome. The guy who is I don't know, the owner or cook or whatever at Freddy's. Do you recognize what other show he's from? Do you remember? Yeah, from The Wire, is? right? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. the political guy from The Wire. The yeah. campaign manager or whatever whatever he is. I always love when you see, like, guys, especially uh, from The Wire, being it's my favorite show, uh, like, pop up randomly in other spots like that. Freddy's is gone. So oh. apparently, does it, apparently I think it, it closed down. So I think a different place that I would like to go to that I haven't been to it's called the Federalist Pig. Ooh, good name. All right. Which sounds like a a really good like barbecue place. For some reason, we have a lot of barbecue places in DC. I don't know why, but um, they're supposed to be high quality stuff. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out when I'm back on the East Coast at some point, maybe soon. What about you? Besides uh, working man's friend, I, I I should probably get to Mug and Bun at some point. And I think the other one, like Long's Donuts, is apparently good for, for donuts. Maybe or Philly, we'll... even. Is there stuff there that oh. you remember? Yeah, I don't know if there's one I haven't been to in Philly, because I have tried it all. But if you're talking Philly, I will say this before we get back to racing. Don't go to Pasergino's for cheesesteaks. <laughs> please don't. Yeah. Whatever you do, please don't. Go to Sonny's which is like third market or second market or go to gyms, which is ninth and something. I forget. It's uh, God, where I forget that section of town that's in, but go to, I'll gyms. find it for you. Yeah. I forget. I'm, I'm a little rusty cause I haven't been back since, since April, but uh, I will be back in the fall fall ish. So we'll, we'll see. All right. It's like it's somewhere called society Hill. Is that right? Mm, sounds right i I don't remember it's on fourth street fourth and south fourth and south is that right yep yep yep. yeah okay all right so we have the gallagher gallagher grand prix we are sharing the track with nascar this weekend practice one is 9 9 30 a scared the shit out of me 9 30 (laughs) a.m on friday qualifying is 1 to 2 15 all on peacock there's a saturday morning warm-up at 8 15 peacock and then the race is on Big NBC at 12.20 p.m. And I think it's green flag at 12.30 from what I heard. It's yeah, pretty quick. a very short TV window uh, this weekend. Uh, I do want to <laughs> recap because I'm getting shit in my text messages right now. 
But David Malukas says, my new garden pick still sucks because it was too easy. So even though he lost, he's still trying to give me salt. We all have to talk about this weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll have to debate that at the at the track. Because you destroyed us. Like, I was 15.6 and you're 4.3. It wasn't even close. So your other two picks were also excellent. Yeah. For race one. All right. So Gallagher, listen, it's it's a... The Max Chilton Grand Prix the of Max, Indianapolis. The Max Chilton Grand Graham Prix. Graham Chilton. Oh we have to call it that. It's 85 laps. It's pretty much a two-stop race. There's not a ton of... You, you could do a three-stop like Ray Hall and a couple guys tried to do a few years ago. I, it's hard to say if that would have worked in May because of all the rain we ended up getting. So you mm-hmm. can kind of toss that one out there. But past winners are Herta, VK, Power, Dixon, Newgarden, Power... Power, power, Pagano, Pagano, power, power, yeah. Pagano. <laughs> so, if you sense a theme here, Penske's good there. It seems like, hmm, yeah, yeah. You don't say. All right. Well, there's not. You know, we, we pretty much understand the strategy there. The weather is going to be beautiful this weekend. No threat of rain, so we don't have to. It's going to be a dry race. I'm really. I hope we get some guys who try the three stop strategy. You know, three stops is going to be. We are just going to drive all out don't care about tire life just make it you know, go as far up as we can pit and then charge back up again i really like when guys try that not safe strategy i understand why i understand why they do but i like when when guys mix it up like somebody like rossi on a three-stop strategy on saturday would be a lot of fun to watch this weekend oh yeah i mean and, he has nothing to lose in the championship at this point so why not try something like that and gamble yeah, fair. And then what else? There was something else I was going to say. Uh, at some point, maybe Friday, we'll throw up a short uh, betting episode once DraftKings releases their odds. I'm going to sh- try to start doing that more consistently when I remember. <laughs> I, I, I don't bet, so I'm not going to be really not helpful for you. I, I, I bet $5 on that Pato would outfinish Power, Daly would outfinish Pagano or or Herta or one of them. Yeah, I think it was Herta, and somebody else would outfinish somebody else. And even though Daly finished like seventeenth, I still won all three. So I won like thirty bucks, I think, which isn't like fantastic. But my DraftKings was down to like four dollars and eighty cents, so I you know, brought it back from the dead without having to put more nice. money into it. Yeah, that's always the way you want to do it. So I guess with that, we will. Oh, before before we do predictions, let's also give a shout out to our friends at Athletic Greens. Uh, they have a health supplement that is a superfood com- superfood complex complex dairy free probiotic, plant extract and antioxidants, enzymes and mushroom complex, and tons of vitamin vitamins and minerals. I don't think I'm going li- to literally get any word in this ad read right. <laughs> You need to take Athletic Greens, Matt. Yeah, I need to take Athletic Greens because it helps with your focus. It helps with your energy. It helps with your overall mood, and you know, keep you know, making sure you don't get sick and you're you're ready to go. No yeah. afternoon coffee and energy drinks or whatever that I I typically have many afternoon coffees. But yes, I definitely need it. My dad is going to butcher me for the way I have read this ad when he listens to this episode. I will definitely be getting a phone call, but. Go to athleticgreens.com slash emerging. You'll get five free travel sample packs as well as a year supply of vitamin D. Athletes like Lewis Hamilton, 
take it. So if you want to be like Lewis and LeBron, we and said, LeBron, yeah. I think, yep, take it. So let's be like famous athletes. And then I take it too. So and Frenchie I mean, takes it. Really, it really, really drops off a cliff after after the first two we mentioned. But <laughs> <laughs> that was mean. Okay, let's do predictions again. We've only got one race, so we will do two inside the top 12 and one outside the top 12. You can take your first pick. Okay. So you said two inside the top 12 and one outside? Yes. Then I will pick for NDGP. Hmm. I'm going to take Will Power because you literally can't bet against him at this track. Okay. And that's a boring one. But yeah. Yeah. Malukas. You Malukas didn't give me a hard will, time. Malukas will shame you. Hey, he one. picked Power twice last time, last week. Okay. I think. Yeah. Shame on you, David. Yeah, he did. And he picked Dixon for race two, like in Iowa. So I'm sorry. I'm going to have to give him a hard time a little bit. Like my yeah. picks were in- more interesting. All right. All right. I will take Pato Award. Yeah. I don't think you can bet against him right now. I think he's about to make his way towards the front of the point standings. Yes. But we'll have to see. My second pick is going to be his teammate, actually, Felix Rosenquist. Okay. I will take Marcus Erickson. Why not? Your last pick outside of the top 12. Outside the top 12 is going to have to be Renus because he's a previous winner here. Okay. I will take Roman Grosjean. Yes, he came close too. Yeah. So we'll recap that. One other, one or maybe two other things I was thinking about as we're making predictions. Actually, one other thing kind of related. Alex Pillow. So, you know, Ganassi oh, yeah. came out today. Reports are coming out that Ganassi really wants nothing to do with Pillow at the end of this year anyway. They've already cut him out of some data. So, part A of my question. So, answer this before we continue on. Is Pillow semi unpickable in fantasy IndyCar, whether it's predictions for us, the public fantasy IndyCar, or the other league that we're, that we're in? Is are are you hesitant to pick him now? No, at certain tracks, I think he's still going to be a threat regardless. Like at Portland, I would still pick him because I think that's like natural terrain road courses. He's just epic usually. So Portland and Laguna, I'd probably still consider him. The other tracks without full access to data and i guess maybe just everything going on i don't know if i'd be so sure actually it's funny he was having a a decent gateway last year before he got wrecked and that would be the one i'd be like okay maybe i would i would pick him because i know feel like i'm gonna have to at some point this year because he's still a good driver yeah but it's definitely concerning especially the more like all right, we're going to cut you off from this stuff and whatnot. And as much as you want to say this doesn't affect me on a race weekend, like it's got to it's got to be in the back of your mind here and there. If he goes this season without winning a race, it's not going to be a really good follow up to his championship. I don't know if that damages his reputation or not. I mean, he's he's not doing poorly. He's in sixth in the standings, but he's had four four podiums. But yeah, I don't know. We'll have to watch out for how he does the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't I don't think like not winning a race in of in and of itself is a reputation damager what is is the way everything has happened since this mclaren and people are going to attribute like not winning a race to that probably if he had just 
not said anything until the offseason or not done what he has done and he didn't win a race but he finished sixth in the championship people would have gone hey that's a pretty damn good year he didn't win but he had a very consistent and solid year and we were saying that early in the year he's the new scott dixon he hasn't won a race yet but he's you know fourth fifth sixth in the points and he's coming home on or near the podium every weekend and he had a good saturday didn't have a good sunday in iowa but yeah it's i would not pick him maybe other than maybe Laguna, like you said, Laguna or Portland. I wouldn't do both because I think when you hit that end of the year, there's a lot of media who are going to start asking you even more about, like local media who are going to start asking you about what's going on next year. In addition to maybe we'll know by then, and maybe it'll be no. We definitely won't. We, we definitely won't know by then. I you don't would, think so? I would. I don't think we'll hear until the beginning of 2023 what's going on. Wow. Okay. I think this is going to take a little while. This is just I just kind think of, it's going to be resolved as a buyout at this point, but maybe you think it's going to drag on? If if Let's put it this way. Unless there's a buyout, like if, if things need to take place with lawyers, yeah, it's going mm-hmm. to take six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if somebody comes to terms on a buyout, like, yeah, it could be done uh, f- fair. It'll be done quicker than that. But everything I've kind of just listened to at the track is it's, gonna, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So just just kind of a gut feeling on that one based on what I've heard. Wow, that's interesting to hear. So is there any credence, do you think, to Felix's comments that he might not race? No. He might sit I, out? I, okay. I yeah. don't think so. I'm still not buying that either. Yeah. Sorry, that, Felix. And that's, it's fine for Felix to say that, especially if he's trying to be like, well, he's not racing anywhere next year. You know, it's, it's some pick sort me. of... Pl- yeah, pick me, play, you know, look how look how well I've done lately. And, and so, yeah, who knows? I... I don't think that's necessarily true, though. I don't think. I think if Alex Pillow has to sit out a year next year, that's like does irreparable damage to his career. So we'll see. Anyway, that's all I wanted. I, I thought about that when we were making our predictions and wanted to touch on that quickly. So that's all. If you're at the track this weekend, come say hi. Frenchie stuck with me for the next three races in person. So come badger him while. We are running around Friday and Saturday, or if you're in Nashville, or if you're in Gateway, do the same thing. I think that's all I got. So, Frenchie, I'll see you Thursday night, and everybody else, have a lovely weekend of racing. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.